Hello, everyone, and welcome to Western Conference Wednesday. Today, Brett and I break down the Pacific Division power rankings voted on by Locked On NHL hosts and the biggest questions surrounding each team. Let's jump right in. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, everyone, and thank you so much for making Locked On NHL part of your daily listen here at the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Jess Belmasso of Locked On Calgary Flames, joined by Locked On Oilers host, Brett Holden. How are you doing? I am not too bad. How about yourself? You know, after seeing these rankings, I'm, I'm doing a lot better. Good. Yeah, well. Me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, just to leave the listeners in suspense, I think it's fair that we start at the bottom. But before we do that, just a reminder to subscribe to Locked on NHL wherever you get your podcasts. We're here for you every day through the off season, And, of course, once the regular seasons start back up, your local shows will be back daily as well. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Audible, Odyssey, Stitcher, you name it. We're here for you, and it's free 99. All right. Coming in at number eight is the San Jose Sharks. Does, does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was talking to JD on uh, – our episode's going to come out on Friday, and I tried to give him all the benefit of the doubt, and he just was not having any of it. <laughs> yeah, no. We did an episode a few weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, like, they're, they're getting there. They're chugging along. He's like, No. i'm trying to be nice and give you points um the sharks are just a question mark themselves (laughs) but what what is your question for them as a team heading into this thing everything everything uh other than basically their goaltending which they do have three goaltenders, which will be very interesting to see how they turn out. Everything is a question mark for me. Their their defense, they lost Brent Burns. What's really going to happen after that? What are the lines going to look like? What kids are they going to have in there? Uh, William Eklund's going to be in there now. Like there's, there are a lot of question marks where you're just sitting there going, where do you even begin? Where, where it's not even, it's kind of a sense of where, can you even build from almost so it, i understand where jd's coming from and just going ah there's not a lot going on here and because uh, there isn't there really isn't other than the goaltending which they have a couple of pretty decent goaltenders i like capo cockman i like uh um uh james reimer i like those goaltenders but who's gonna be in the net you know it's there's a lot of question marks for me Absolutely. And, you know, they still have that ridiculous Eric Carlson contract on the books. Um, The earth will be on fire and ablaze before that contract is up and off the books. But at the same time, I'm really interested to see how Mike uh, Greer takes a hold of this. And I want to see what his, um, you know, obviously his first year or two are going to be a little, a little, 
shaky, but he's going to do hopefully the best that he can. And I want to see how this team looks entering free agency next year. I I just, I am giving them the benefit of the doubt once again. That's tough to do. That is tough to do. Uh, Next up, the brand new team in the NHL, a very tough uh, club or tough season for this club. Uh, the Seattle Kraken, as voted by the Locked On hosts. There's uh, another team that, you know, not maybe not as dismal as the Sharks because it's there's a lot of very positive things coming up for the Seattle Kraken. But what is your question heading into the season for the 32nd franchise in the NHL? Can they stay healthy? Mm. Interesting. Are because you know they did have um what's his name? Chris Drieger is out with an ACL injury, I believe. Yeah. And that's not something you can just miraculously heal overnight, and especially as an athlete. Uh, extensive rehabbing is needed and uh, Brandon Tanev's coming back from an injury. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Philip Grubauer battled something too. I don't remember he needed surgery this off season, but I really want to know what it looks like if they stay healthy. It, well, especially with what they just uh, managed to finagle in that recent draft in Shane Wright, who for a yeah. very long time was going to be the first overall pick uh, heading into that draft. And that's what my question is, is are the kids all right? They're going to have uh, Maddie Beneers in the lineup as well. They're going to have Shane Wright, a one-two punch of the future for them. It's going to be their first time uh, in playing together, obviously, but it's going to be their first full season together in the uh, professional leagues in the NHL and as pros. So uh, how are they going to do? They're going to be a young team. They're going to be building around those young players. So are the kids all right? And just how good are the pl- are those kids? So uh, that's the question for me. I'm really excited to see Seattle. because, And then that that's the other thing as well is the goaltending. I mean, an ACL injury is not easy to come back for any athlete, especially for a goaltender as well, who's constantly using that knee. So uh, it'll be interesting to see just how much those kids can kind of run the team. They've very much stockpiled on draft picks and very interesting to see how they use it in the future, whether that's in deals, whether that's drafting in the future. Now you're seeing the uh, uh, outcome of trading all those picks with the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the, the Seattle Kraken start to model their next couple of years around those kids. Yes, absolutely. And and coming in at number six, I'm not sure if people are going to agree upon this one, but uh, the Anaheim Ducks land right there at number six. Um, My question for them is, are they going to be a more competitive team this year? But is it going to be a, a level of competitiveness that's sustainable? We saw them get hot for a while last season and you know the pacific division is kind of the boring division of the nhl if you will which i think that's very wrong you're just not watching enough games (laughs) and (laughs) i'm a little biased though but you know is this team going to be hot enough to kind of land 
in a potential playoff spot. They have a lot of youth there as well. You know, Mason McTavish tearing it up at Worlds. So, you know, Trevor Zegers too. What are what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, and that's my question as well is, well, you mentioned my question is Trevor Zegers. Trevor Zegers is the future of that organization. And how is his production going to go from this last year to this year? I mean, now the Edmonton or the Edmonton Oilers, the uh, Anaheim Ducks are very, very young team and the Anaheim Ducks and the NHL for that matter, very much love to pump. Trevor Zegras. So, how much of that pressure can he does he feel? How much can he basically almost have an encore season from last season? He had all the highlight plays. I mean, I, I got messages from uh, the NHL network, like notifications going, Trevor Zegras is playing. What is he going to do next? Yep. That is really what I think my question for the Anaheim Ducks are or is, is because. Uh, if the Anaheim Ducks are able to push for a playoff spot, then they're going to be able to push for a playoff spot. But the other interesting thing is, is that it's pretty easy for the Anaheim Ducks to, if they get into a little bit of a lull here, and this is going to be a thing for a lot of teams as well. There's this kid named Connor Bedard, who's kind of becoming buddy-buddy with Mason McTavish. And a lot of people are getting a little excited about the prospect of a potential McTavish, Zegras, and Bedard line. So that's also kind of where my questioning of uh, Zegras' production comes from, is whether or not if he's good enough to push that team to a playoff spot, well, then maybe they can start pushing for a playoff spot. But if they're just kind of middle of the pack or kind of sitting back and kind of having a tough time maybe they just go let's let's tank here and and go for connor here bedard yeah (laughs) (laughs) not mcdavid but bedard Um, yeah let's get that straight i think it's going to be just an interesting season overall to see where who ends up with that number one pick especially if it's the draft lottery uh sort of thing again where you know we saw um buffalo almost get edged out by the kraken uh Mm -hmm. not too long ago and oh my gosh that would just be truly something but coming up next we are going to continue to move up the rankings and talk about your favorite teams but first i do have um a quick psa for you brought to you by the national highway transit uh association a safety association you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few beers i mean we all do it right especially with football season coming up a few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out you think of calling for a ride nah you live nearby you can make it home it's all right no big deal what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway and even so what's the worst that could happen oh your insurance goes up you lose your license you lose your job total your car, or even worse, you kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of drunk driving, and the results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober 
or get pulled over. Thank you all so much for tuning into Locked On NHL. As always, you can find this show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, we're climbing up this list. Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting list. Uh, I think especially the this middle of the road here is very, very interesting. And time to dissect the number f- five, the fifth team on this roster. <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Okay. Brett, what do, you, what do you have to say heading into this top five? Good luck with their goaltenders. <laughs> Good luck with the goaltending. Honestly, uh, Robin Leonard recently just announced that uh, he's going to need surgery and probably won't be around for a good chunk of the season, if at all, of next season. So now the goaltending for the Vegas Golden Knights is uh, relied upon Logan Thompson and Laurent Brassois. So uh, as a, a guy who's seen a lot of Laurent Brassois since he was in, well, he even played with the Edmonton Oil Kings as well. So uh, that's not fantastic. Uh, Logan Thompson, uh, also uh, not a starting goaltender in the NHL. Uh, tough timing for the Vegas Golden Knights, especially when there were a lot of goaltenders on the market. Had they have known, I don't know, maybe a month ago, maybe they would have had a better chance, but you're sitting there with the goaltending and just going, huh, there's there's not a lot of hope here. It's a little bleak. It almost goes back to their first year in the NHL where they had, what, like eight goaltenders play that one year and just consistently had a new goaltender in there, but they went to the Stanley Cup Finals that year, so. Yeah, you know, that is a very good point. I think that I I don't know. Maybe they should be a little bit lower on this list, especially with their goaltending. But they do have a full year of a hopefully healthy Jack Eichel. And I want to know if Bruce Cassidy will be able to coach him. Bruce Cassidy is one of my favorite coaches in the league. And uh, to see him behind the bench of Vegas just makes me so sick. But uh (laughs) I'm really interested to see what he can do. Uh, you know, he's very capable of making things work when everyone else would be like, what, how do you do that? And he knows a thing or two about um, having to just work some magic with goaltending. And I, I don't know. I, I really, I'm excited to see what he does specifically for the goaltending. Mm-hmm. And how he navigates this cap space that there. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, well, and you bring up the other point too, is just with Jack Eichel as well. I think that's also a talking point is just he went from Buffalo to Vegas. And if things go kind of wrong in Vegas, he must be sitting there going, Am I in a better situation right now? Because Buffalo might be a pretty decent team next year, but there's a very uh, uh, high or low, I guess, fall or floor i guess for the vegas golden knights next year yeah absolutely and i wonder if we'll get any sassy uh jack eichel comments this year kind of the same way um he did when he returned to buffalo yeah Uh, who knows but coming up next on the list is the vancouver canucks yeah 
what do you have to say about them? Because I think that this is the team that people are kind of potentially sleeping on. I 100% agree. I think the Vancouver Canucks became a very good hockey team over the break. Uh, they got, obviously, uh, Ilya Mikheyev, which is a fantastic ad. Uh, obviously, a bit of a price point, but that's the thing about free agency is you're either going to overpay in term or you're going to overpay in money. That That's just the realistic nature of free agency. You see it all over the place. So if you want to get your guy, you better go out there and get your guy. And Ilya Mikheyev makes the Vancouver Vancouver Canucks a better defensive team from a forward position. Then they also go out and get Andre Kuzmenko, who is a very solid hockey player, great shooter, great skater, and probably going to make that uh, power play and uh, very much a possession-based hockey team, especially a distributing team with uh, Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson. I think they're going to be pretty exciting up top. But the, the whole segment is questions. My question is, their defense. I mentioned that Mikheyev makes them better defensively from a forward position, but that's not the de- defense. That's the, not the job of Ilya Mikheyev. And so I think there's going to be a lot of questions on, on the stability of the defenseman and just how much the, the reliability will have to fall on Thatcher Demko, who is a very solid goaltender. Probably you take a look at the goaltenders in, in the, the Pacific Division. He's in there in some of the top goaltenders in the division, and there are some very good goaltenders. So I think that's where the question lies is the defense. Obviously the forwards are, are very good. Thatcher Demko is fantastic. It all falls on the defense for me. Yeah. You know, that's my question is quite literally written as can they figure it out? I can't elaborate because we'll be here for an hour. <laughs> and it's the defense. You know, I really think that are they going to be able to step up? What's Quinn Hughes going to do? You know, he does have that um, offensive talent, but he needs to be able to, you know, clear the puck and do even more than just score. So I'm definitely interested uh, to see if they are the sleeper team of the Pacific. I yeah no I completely agree they are I'm gonna say it right now they are the sleeper team the Pacific I'm excited for uh, Vancouver the third team the third best team is voted by us us uh, the, the the locked on network um we have and it's also the first playoff position I guess within the uh, Pacific Division and they are the Los Angeles Kings a very interesting one I'm. Uh, <laughs> It's tough with the LA Kings. The Edmonton Oilers obviously saw them in the playoffs and and got a very good uh, uh, idea of who they are going to be in the future. But there's a lot of questions around them. What do you think about the LA Kings next year, Jess? You know, it's similar to the Ducks. Are the kids going to be able to push them to this next level? And will last year's taste of the playoffs kind of give them a chance to be hungry for more they knew they know what's out there they know what's out there if they work hard enough and it's the goal across the league is to bring home the stanley cup and i'm is it going to be enough coaching goaltending all around is it going to be enough 
Well, now the LA Kings are going to be getting back Drew Doughty. The question will be as well whether or not where I guess the uh, Jonathan Quick is where uh, on obviously on Jacob is still playing, but now they don't have Dustin Brown. That's kind of a loss, but the kids are all right. You saw them really come together after every win in uh, Edmonton. They got, like you said, a taste of what it's like to win in the playoffs, to play in the playoffs. And they gave the Edmonton Oilers probably one, well, obviously one of the best teams in the league, top four finalists in the league, uh, a run for their money. A very, very good team gave them a run for their money. Didn't have Drew Doughty. Uh, Jonathan Quick was fantastic. But my question is, is their experience? How long will their... I think they're going to be a good hockey team. They have some good additions. They have some good guys within the organization. Pretty solid coaching. It's Like you said, kind of a matter of bringing it all together. But I feel like the LA Kings at some point are going to go through a a lull at some point, whether that's at the start of the season when they're just trying to figure themselves out as a team, figure out their chemistry, whatever, and then go on a run. Or if they're going to come out hot, have a pretty decent middle of the season and then down the stretch kind of taper off. That's what I'm expecting at some point for the LA Kings. It's just a matter of when, and it's because of the inexperience of the team. But again, they just made it to uh, a very good playoff, decent playoff run, even though it was only one series. Yeah, you know, I think being able to take Edmonton to seven games speaks a lot to their um, their drive and their competitiveness. I can't even talk. Um, but, but, you know, just like that level of competitiveness and it speaks to their talent as well because I don't, I don't think that you take a team – that was the first round, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, you don't take a pretty much a healthy team – to seven games in the first round unless it's legit you know I'm I'm pretty sure that's the series where uh Dreisaitl got hurt so you were playing a healthy Leon Dreisaitl and still took him to seven games yeah no, 100%. And I don't want to talk about that because me and Eddie talked about that with the Kings today and uh, I wasn't very happy. But either way, uh, we do have two more teams in the top two spots. If you can do a process of elimination, no, we didn't plan this. But yes, it is the two Albertan teams. We will talk about where they finish in our uh, rankings and what our questions are for those two Albertan teams in just a second. But first... A message from our partners over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. I saw you could like even throw lines on like Mexican League baseball, Korean oh, baseball, my- like everything. I saw even the QMJHL at one point. <laughs> it gets pretty extensive. Uh, Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
All righty. Yeah, Battle of Alberta. Battle of Alberta. Number two spot. Always the bride, or always a bridesmaid, never the bride. That's the Calgary Flames. Right. The Calgary Flames. Hey, and that's why Edmonton's the capital, but we'll talk about Edmonton in a second. Oh, what yeah. is your biggest, I'll give you the floor, the <laughs> biggest question for the Calgary Flames this season? Oh, my God. Okay. Will they be able to... I'm not saying they need to go out and replicate what they did last year, but are they going to be able to find success in any way, shape, or form? I know that, you know, obviously there were some big departures this year. Were there? Two guys. Yeah. Matthew, oh. Matthew Kachuk and John Gaudreau, I think his name is. Oh, uh, I, I think I heard of him. Yeah. I, I don't know. And then some guy named Huberto came in and just, you know, but are the with Chris Tanev starting the season on the LTIR? He was their number one defenseman last year. You don't win a Stanley Cup with him as your number one defenseman, but you also don't advance to the Western Conference Finals without him. Um, he the team needs to stay healthy, and how how can they find the chemistry? of what they had last year again without prominent stars in the room. And um, I guess with this being a Daryl Sutter contract year two, it's very, I don't know. I, I'm scratching my head. Who's going to step up that right wing spot on the top line is probably going to Tyler to I'm interested to see how that works. Um, I, I just, I don't know if he's the right option for that spot. And that's not a dig at him by any means. I just, he's a fantastic player, but it's his skating. And I don't think you can pair Huberto and Elias Lindholm with someone who isn't necessarily a very strong skater. That's my question. Well, not my necessarily kind of my question is, but you also have uh, uh uh, what's his name? Mangiapani. I keep getting his name mixed up there. I uh, also have Mangiapani, who I think is a decent skater, but is he a first line player? You do not break up that Coleman backlanded Mangiapani line. You don't. So then there you go, right? So then uh, is Toffoli the guy? And that's that's kind of where my question comes in. And I have a couple more questions just kind of pick at you a little bit here. But my my question personally, and it kind of runs in with what you're saying, is is the depth. Is, okay, was Tyler Toffoli the first line winger? Is obviously, like you said, you don't break up that line, but Mangiapani is kind of a talent there. You're not going to, is Dylan Dubé a first liner? No. Is Jacob Peltier going to be that good? No. Is Coronado going to make the team? Probably not. What what happens there? And like you said, you have some lines set in stone, but that's nice in theory. Is is that really it? You know, is that really uh, the the team that's really going to win you games and win you a division or get you in second place in the Pacific Division at the end of the season? Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot to kind of unlock and uncover there. I don't think. They've tried the Dylan Dubé on the top line. Um, it doesn't work. 
And you're not putting John Monahan up there when he comes back. Milan Lucci? Milan Lucic up there. I swear to God, Daryl Sutter, if you see that, <laughs> I'm going to Alberta and I'm going to scream. <laughs> oh God. I can't yeah. do it. It's not 2011 anymore. It's time to move on. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I think the Flames are kind of in a transition period again because I don't think that they truly thought they would be losing two-thirds of their top line. I think they planned on losing Kachuk, and that's it. Even then, especially not in the same summer. Exactly. Even if you did lose one, maybe you, you kind of got a little space, not a span of a couple of weeks, right? And you bring up a, an interesting point as well is it is a Daryl Sutter contract year. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Daryl Sutter is going to mail it in because Daryl Sutter is Daryl Sutter and Daryl Sutter is a proud Albertan man and he is, is not going to do something like that. Like you said, they're in a transition period. He is aware that there's only so much you can do with the team that you got. He's one of, if not the best coach of all time. I would make a very strong argument about it. But what, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about the second best team in the Pacific Division. Like, they have an abysmal future, right? But is that really a realistic option in the future for them? No. 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 I I don't know. I just, I feel like, you know, I've only been covering this team for two and a half years because my first season was hit, hit the brakes very soon into things uh, because Mm -hmm. of the bubble and the pause. But I just, I feel like this team is constantly going to be in a transition period. There's, you know, the first off season was Mark Giordano leaving. Jeff Ward mm. being fired. You know, they're just pulling out the Jenga pieces until it all falls. And getting Uyghur and Huberdo is just a band-aid. Mm. Well, a that's the thing, too. Over a, a sinking ship isn't going to save the Titanic. Well, 100%. That's the thing. And especially with Uyghur, he hasn't signed a contract yet. So it's not confirmed that he's going to stay. And the thing is, is if he does sign a contract, I think it was you who tweeted out that the Calgary Flames have, what, 10 defensemen on one-way deals right now? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Where can you put them? You know, it's... They're going to start wearing uh, Harvey the Hound mascot costume. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever's the scratch. Yeah. I I don't think there's enough room in the press box for all of these people. (laughs) I just don't know where we're going to find them. And and, in, I don't even want to say a perfect world because it's not. But I think the conclusion that a lot of people are coming to is – there are probably there's probably there's no real basis to this but every time the Bruins talk about getting the band back together Lucci just just right in there because people can't let go of the past the Bruins need defense as well so what we do here is we trade Milan Lucic and Huso Valimaki to Boston ah I don't know what they get in return, but okay, <laughs> that is what I've seen all over Twitter. Um, 
again, I don't think there's anything legitimate to this. I think it is once again just Bruins and Flames fans being like, if we talk about it enough, we can manifest it. Mm, that's confidence is the whole thing. I dig it. No, why not? Um, no, uh, uh, but the thing is, hey, uh, the Flames are number two on this list. And last point, I, I just think it, the this position in the Pacific Division, I think, really rides on Daryl Sutter and also obviously on the Los Angeles Kings, but it will ride on when the Los Angeles Kings slide comes is it in early season and how long it is is it insurmountable where they can't finish second place and they finish third or does their lead is their lead big enough late in the season where when they do fall or whenever they do um is it easy for the uh, flames to pass them or can they keep it i think that's really going to be the storyline to watch for for uh, uh those teams here yeah absolutely And to wrap up the show, we do have to talk about the number one team in the Pacific Division Power Rankings, and that would be the Edmonton Oilers. Brett, he's doing his little princess wave and blowing kisses to all the fans. It changed me to vote number one for them and to put them at number one, but you know what? It's deserved. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. But the thing is, is we came here for questions. We came here for their questions. So we can pump their tires as much. I'm just happy because it's like for the first time in my life that we, the Edmonton Oilers have been in this type of situation. So I'm like, Hey, why not? But uh, we are here for the questions. We are here for the negative, not the positive, but uh, uh, we're always here for the positive. But my question for the Edmonton Oilers heading into next season will be the goaltending. Yep. Let's be real. It's it's the goaltending. Same as every year. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can just copy and paste the conversation from last year, basically, and just throw Jack Campbell's name in there now. But the thing with the goaltending now is uh, the question is different. The question is isn't whether the Edmonton Oilers can survive with Mike Smith or how long can they ride with Mike Smith? Now the question with the goaltending is, oh, well, you have an above average goaltender now in your net. Can he stay above average? Is he actually that good? Is If he is that good, well, the Edmonton Oilers are going to be a very good hockey team and a tough yeah. team to play against. But if he's not that good or as good as everybody puts him in this category of, is it a repeat of Mike Smith and just how long is the ticking time bomb ready to go off or or what, what that may be? It's not now a matter of, when it's a matter of if and that's what's big for the Oilers yeah absolutely and just to you know echo that even more um and to give some support to the Oilers and Jack Campbell excuse me for puking on screen everyone (laughs) but um I think that there is a much uh no there is a significant difference in the defense that's playing in front of him in Edmonton versus Toronto. I don't care what anyone says. Toronto's defense will always be their downfall. And that is why uh, Frederick Anderson was always, he was just always left hung out to dry. And 
I think that Jack Campbell was able to escape that before his downfall. He's still a young, young kid. And, you know, I think Edmonton really does have um, great dynamic forwards as well who can help him out. So uh, is Jack Campbell the answer? honestly before the signing and and for a very long time I was a big believer in Darcy Kemper I've said Darcy Kemper needs to be the guy you're not going to win anything with Jack Campbell I don't want to say my tune has changed because I have to because he's an oiler now and and everything like that but my tune has changed just listening to him, listening to the way that everybody around him has talked about him. And and I, I'm really excited for Jack Campbell. I think the thing with Jack Campbell is that he's a very emotional type of goaltender. And that's what Edmonton is. Edmonton's an emotional city. You see how well, how much we rallied around Ben just recently. We, you want to talk about a different type of emotion. That's the type of emotion that Edmonton always brings to the Edmonton Oilers. You see with the Edmonton Oilers media room, it is just off 104th Street where anybody can just walk past and, and see what is going on in there. And you hear it in the playoffs when you hear everyone go, we want the go, let's go Oilers, Ben, 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 everything, right? MVP, because it is right there. And with Jack Campbell, he's such an emotional guy. I think if everybody or Oilers fans were down there after games going, soup, soup, he's going to really just soak it all in and absorb everything that that is i think it's going to be a very different type of um emotion and attention from oilers fans than it was from leaf fans and i think that it's going to really benefit him in in a very cool way i think edmonton's now becoming a fun place for a lot of people to come and play and i think we're we're going to really start to to see the benefits of that and i think it being a different kind of market than Toronto will be um, significant to really any player that's leaving the Toronto market. I mean, look Mm -hmm. at Cody Cece, look at um, Zach Hyman. Yep. That's all I have to say because I can't give either of those markets too much credit, but (laughs) thank you all so much for tuning in to Western Conference Wednesday here on the Locked on NHL Network. As always, you can find me at Jess Belmosto on Twitter and the show Locked on Flames wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And Brett, where can we find you and your show? You can find me personally at the real Holden 40, but you don't care about me. You care about the Oilers and the show. So you can find locked on Oilers at, on Twitter and on YouTube at locked on Oilers. Just how you spell it. Just how it sounds. Uh, yeah, no, it's just come, come have fun. Come subscribe. <laughs> well, that is all we have for this week. And next week we'll be talking the biggest questions in the central division because There's a lot to talk about there. Plenty of changes and always question marks. So make sure you tune in again next Wednesday. But of course, tomorrow, the hosts have you covered for the latest news as well. And tune in then. Bye-bye.